I have everybody's attention now? Ladies and gentlemen. Hey, yo. Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the Introducing first, from parts unknown, our resident Mark, Johnny Smart. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Next, coming down the aisle, the unstoppable force, the immovable object, Doc Haas. Haas. I can't help that I'm custom made. I can't help it that I look good, smell good, can't dance all night long. And here is your host. The Baby Face of Podcasting, J.C. Bo. You know what? You just made the list. Elizabeth, go right, not going left. Can I ask a question, Macho Man? Four questions. You're listening to the fourth wall wrestle cast. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. Wall. What up, fam? Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Welcome to the fourth Wall WrestleCast. Be sure to check us out every Saturday on the Wrestle Addict Radio Network. As I mentioned over the past couple weeks, our parent company, Rant with Ant, will be closing their doors on June 8th. But... On June 9th, we have the new and improved Wrestle Addict Radio making its grand debut. That's right. We have revamped, redesigned, and rebuilt the network. Currently, War and RWA are merging, so the current War audio feed on Anchor Twitter and Instagram pages will all be changing, and the new Wrestle Attic Radio website will be launching very soon. So be on the lookout for more updates as we get closer to the debut. Now, where can you find more updates, you ask? Well, let me tell you. Be sure to follow us on all social media. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Fourth Wallcast. That's the number four T H W A L C A S T. And if you enjoy the fourth wall experience, join our Patreon by going to patreon.com slash fourth wall wrestlecast, where $1 gets you exclusive access to our Patreon, I'm sorry, fourth wall Patreon chat, where you can hang out with myself, Doc, and Smarky, and the rest of the fourth wall fam, and talk about anything from wrestling to movies to TV to sports. Just come <laughs> hang out, come join the fam by going to patreon.com. Slash fourth wall wrestlecast. And if this is your first time tuning in, welcome to episode 27. I am the host with the most, the baby face of podcasting, JC Bones. And I am accompanied by none other than the one, the only, the tall, dark, and handsome, the mm. fabulous Doc Haas. I do have a nice tan right now. <laughs> you are looking pretty crispy right now. You nice know and what golden. Is, man? I, I got this. I got a, my so I got an outback back in uh, I don't know, like in last fall, and it's got a sunroof, and I've had the sunroof since I was in high school. Then, dude, but the, the, the sunroof, sunroof is, is where it's must. at, dude. Dude, sunroof the sunroof. You open that up, it's just it's just right? hitting me. Today was I had to do some. I actually had to go down and see Smarky today. I had to drop some. Uh, I had to drop some instruments off to him, and I was just coming back up the park lane. The sun just felt perfect on my head. So that being said, um, I'm golden brown. I'm getting my summer bronze on. Um, you know, I, I tan quite well. I, it's the German in me. Germans damn well. <laughs> so wait, so Germans who is do that, tan that, well. that you said you saw earlier today? Smarky? Smarky, who, who is yes. that guy? Smarky is... Uh, is actually he actually uh i believe yesterday closed on his house fucking a so, it's about damn time yeah 
So those of you who don't know, Smarky is and his fiance are in the process of buying a new abode down in mm-hmm. down deep south Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> deep south. He, he's like going below Tom's River deep south. <laughs> that, that's they are down there. It's like it's like when the exits get below eighty. Woo. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he's moving down there and you know, I've never bought a house, but I know it's an ordeal and I know he's had to I know his old house they had to get out of um sooner. So he's been it's just been crazy for him and a crazy time. But it's all coming to an end soon because he's moving this weekend. And we'll hope and that means uh, hopefully once he's settled in and he's got his nice little studio area set up. We'll be seeing more of the Smarkster again. Yeah, because you know I really miss being you know being able to make fun of him and shit on the on the show. It's not the same. I miss the three man. It's I can, we haven't had a three man since the WrestleMania preview. That's right. And I it's been crazy. Last week I apologize to all. Um, I have I have some headache issues I deal with every now and again, and last Tuesday into Wednesday night, like it's just really really bad. Play Tuesday. I had a gig on Tuesday, and I legitimately. Walked off stage after the gig. My head was throbbing so bad from a migraine and just went to the bathroom and puked for like 10 minutes oh. and it just hung over into Wednesday. And then finally, like late, late Wednesday night, I finally was able to just start feeling normal again. I've been good ever since. I've, it's been coming here and there. So I said, migraines run in my family. I, I, yeah. It's it's nothing, nothing new with yeah. especially my mom's side of the family. And especially something like migraines. I mean, it is a thing. It's not like, oh, I had a headache and I couldn't record. It's like, no, migraines are a thing. That's pain, man. It's, yeah. it's straight. So I apologize last week, fam. I was planning on being here all week. and But I'm back and I'm feeling good. And I've got plenty to bitch about. <laughs> we do have a lot of stuff we want to talk about. So let's get right into it, Doc. You know, as I was watching Money in the Bank this past Sunday, which, you know, overall... From start to finish, it was a great pay-per-view. It, uh, I can't call it great. Okay. Why not? I can call it good. It was definitely, <laughs> like, I felt like the past five from TLC to WrestleMania were excellent pay-per-views. This one wasn't excellent. Um, the women's ladder match, very, it was sloppy in the beginning. It was a little rough. There's a lot. There was a lot of young, still a little too green talent in there. Dana Brooke timing's not quite there yet. Mandy Rose technique's not quite there yet. Uh, Nikki Cross experience isn't quite there yet. You know, it wasn't. You know, it, it, you could see it in the beginning. But I'll tell you what, there was a moment in the match where Ember Moon hit like an eclipse from a ladder outside of the ring, and I think it was on Natalia, and that was a turning point in the match. Ember. Like pretty much uh, saved that match. I think Ember Bailey and um, and uh, well, Dana, let me, and Carmella. I'm sorry, Carmella, Carmella. Carmella. Ember Bailey and Carmella saved the match. Carmella ran a knee injury angle, and it was which was I thought was I thought it was real at first. Like sold it like a champ, and if it was real, she's a tough son of a bitch for coming back out there. But I thought it was I thought it was legit. I thought she was out of the match. She got hurt. She took, took a shot with the ladder, but. Her whole injury angle coming out like really added a great element to the match. Um, so, but because it started off so slow, I can't, that's it. It can't be excellent anymore. <laughs> right. Okay. And it was a lot of garbage. The Lars Sullivan scene that was garbage. We didn't need that. The, that was. Um, I mean, the Roman, the Roman right. Elias thing that was oh, garbage. Hold on, we we did not need the. Uh, first of all, I don't even know what the hell's what six man tag match they were trying to advertise for Lucha House Party. For that night, I actually wonder if people that were there live heard of a six-man tag match. Um, do you know? Who hey, well, they- sometimes they sometimes they add matches the night of the card. Right, they have some time to fill. Maybe they'll send someone out there to fill some time so they can get a get a get a paycheck. You know, but I mean, it's just right when Lucha House Party came out, I'm like, this is probably a Lars Sullivan thing. Yeah, like I mean, right away. All, why do we need this? That was all that was because they're they're really trying to put over Lars Sullivan. They're really trying to put him over. So they're trying to get him on TV uh, as much as possible to get as many eyes on him as possible. Listen, man, he's got some like real life heat right now. Mm-hmm. You know, with his past comments, it doesn't seem the, to be affecting him though at work. 
and it, yeah, it doesn't seem to be. Everybody seen. It seems like you know, Big. E, I think Big E came out and said, like, you know, we everybody knew. We've talked ourselves through it. Like everybody's good, right. but let's build. It's because the the locker room is good. Doesn't mean the public audience is good. You right. know, because people love being offended. Right. We're living in a world of people who love to fucking get offended. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's worth it or not. So fucking a. Let Lars fucking go out and if, okay, he's people are gonna be pissed at him. Just get him into a feud now where he's just blatantly offensive and out of control and out of line and really shows himself as a I'm better than you, holier than thou character. Build off some of his real life heat a little bit. Not like the controversial person. Don't have him go out there being a racist. But you can thread the line of being holier than thou and come over as a great heel character or come over as just arrogant. I'm better than you because I'm stronger than you. I'm in better shape than you. And I'm meaner than you and I'm tougher than you. Like you can really do it. But he has to do it not against the Lucha House Party. Like he's got to start facing some big boy talent. Like my my only beef, like listen, I actually love the way they're booking Lars, but I think Lars, the, the, the character, needs more development because the whole i don't i don't really speak i i just come out and i beat people up i'm the monster of the of the brand has been so overdone at this point i feel like lars really needs more development in his character like like you said it's like who is lars they call him the freak but why do they call him the freak what makes him the freak right you know i want to know more about that yeah, because he, he's, he's, not, he's not even that fucking big, dude. I don't even know if yeah, that guy's like, six foot. I think he's like 5'10". You know what's going to happen? You know his first major feud's going to be against? You think the Big Braun? Show. Oh, oh, The Big shit. Show. Yeah. It's going to be the fucking Big Big Show is going to come back to save the day. And Lars, and it's like, oh, boy. The Big the Show's back Big Show's going to put over Lars. Yeah. I mean, but even that, like, Big Show's, what was the Big Show in his mid to late 40s now? I think so, yeah. I think that, yeah, he needs to get in a feud with someone like Braun Strowman, and then let's see what he's, I mean, he could wrestle. I think, actually, him feuding with Braun would probably help Braun a lot, too, because Lars is definitely better, is a better in-ring worker than than Braun is. There's no doubt about it. Well, Lars Lars can move better. Lars can move move better and move faster than Braun. Mm Mm-hmm. It might be beneficial to Braun to work with Lars in the ring, you know. But the problem is even Braun has his problems on the mic, and Lars doesn't speak. So then what? Yeah. Well, whenever Lars, Lars did Heyman. speak on when he was on NXT, it, it, first of all, his voice does not fit his body. Like, it doesn't <laughs> sound like that voice should be coming out of that body. And I, I felt like in his old NXT promos, at least the one that I'm thinking of, sounded like it was – he was trying to be poetic. I, I could be not describing this story, but it's not like he was trying to be almost somewhat poetic in his, not like trying to rhyme words and shit, but in the way he spoke. He tried using big words like an intellectual. And I was like, right. It, it, it wasn't between that and he the sound to be of his cerebral. voice. He was trying to be cerebral. He was doing the cerebral thing. And I don't know I if the cerebral thing's right for him. Yeah, maybe I not, wouldn't maybe say cerebral. Later, I, go ahead, go ahead. Maybe like later in his career, he can do like the big words and the and the right. and the um, intellectual sounding promos. But right now, he just needs to be big, angry, and probably have a manager. Uh, yeah, dude, put put him with fucking Heyman. Yeah, he could be a Heyman guy. You know, Heyman could sell him. Heyman would sell the shit out of him. Yeah. But S- sells. But listen, sell the what, shit what, out. What, of him. what I really want to get into, and we actually already touched on a few of these points just now. From watching, after watching Money in the Bank, I was really thinking to myself, I'm like, who is WWE's, like, biggest draw right now? And is their biggest draw right now as big as a Stone Cold Steve Austin? The Rock? No. Hulk Hogan? No. Rick Flair? John Cena? God, no. No. Who has been the biggest draw since John Cena? You're not going to like my answer. No, who? Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. He's unquestionably, unless you include, uh, excluding Ronda Rousey. 
Brock Lesnar is their biggest crossover star, unquestionably, right now. C- crossover They're trying with aside, the mids. Re- regardless of their yeah, backgrounds, but, but what, who what has WWE us- developed to be the face of the company since John but, Cena? But the face of the company has always been a superstar in the ring and outside of the ring. Right. You know, that's what's made them popular. Like, the fact that, like, Bret Hart was on the damn Simpsons. He was, you know, The Rock used to be on Saturday Night Live. Stone, there was cross-promotion everywhere. They were getting these guys in front of audiences that weren't wrestling fans and getting some of those people interested in wrestling. They're not doing that anymore. I bitched about this a few weeks ago. Yeah. They're not doing it. And it's, that's why stars aren't being born. There's only so much you can do in the wrestling ring for wrestling fans. I mean, Seth Rollins does all we can ask of him in the ring. Right. AJ Styles does. Daniel Bryan does. You know, even guys like Drew McIntyre do. Roman Reigns. Those guys, The Miz. You know, and they're trying with The Miz. The Miz is trying. I gave him credit, but he's got to not do stupid fucking reality shows. He right. wants to be taken seriously. The, like, The Rock gets taken seriously because he does good movies. Batista started getting taken seriously when he did good movies. Yeah. Like, The Miz needs to get better. His agent needs to get him better roles. But now, you just, you just listed a lot of the top names that are on the roster currently. And while maybe the younger fans that are in their teens early 20s who were not really around during the attitude era like we were will say well aj styles is the best seth rollins is the best okay but let's look at the big picture here are those individuals the draw to go to the events are they the draw to turn on the tv and watch just them the the answer my my answer to that is is no because who, no. who back in the Attitude Era, who was who was selling tickets? It was Austin. Just, it was Rock. It was the Triple Rock, H. The it was Undertaker. It was Mankind. Even Kurt Kane. Angle, Chris Jericho, Kane. You Kane, had yeah. a ton of mega stars working for the company. You have a lot of great wrestlers or WWE superstars right. cuz that's what they call them but there are no so, mega stars. And it goes back to what you said, where is the crossover mainstream draw? Besides Ronda Rousey, forget Brock Lesnar because of their their history with the UFC. But let's look at <coughs> excuse me who they're trying to develop in the company. The Roman Reigns experiment failed, unfortunately, because of the way they tried to build him. So what have they done since then? I feel like they've given up. The draw right now is the WWE. Yeah, and here's the other issue. Like you talked about crossover. And we talk about every week, you know, the wrestlers are there and they're doing the best what they got, but they're it's shitty creative. They have no control over their characters. You know what? Uh, hold, I'm going to cut you off. I don't think it's fully on creative. I honestly yeah, I do. think it, 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 it has yeah, to do no with the superstars. Are they doing what they're told to do or are they trying yes. to to cross they boundaries? Are. Look at Becky Lynch. You think they fucking sat in the back and wrote down a promo? You're going to call yourself the man. No. She got a pep talk from from Shawn Michaels and did her thing out there. And that's why right, right now the- Becky is one of if not the top star in the federation not saying a megastar you know what let me let me trail off on this right. before you before I continue becky and charlotte are probably the two closest superstars to being megastars for the company right now i'd even throw ronda not. rousey in that picture ronda's more of a megastar than both of them but haven't we already compared the three of them to the uh, triple h rock and austin of the modern era we have Ronda's only a megastar because of the crossover appeal. Nobody in the, the WWE is not giving wrestlers creative material to turn into like megastar type material. Becky found something. She found something. I, I don't know how much that was Becky and how much of it wasn't Becky. Only time will tell. Like calling yourself the man was that an accent? Is that something when she went backstage and Vince said keep doing that? That's the problem. Like these younger guys, like they're not, and maybe that's an issue. Like maybe this is okay. Like Stone Cold and The Rock and Triple H just didn't take Vince's bullshit. I know Chris Jericho says, and Chris Jericho no. has spoken many a times on how he just did whatever the hell he wanted and said, if I get fired, I get fired. 
but it, you know, it worked. And we've also seen Vince crush guys from not doing, look what happened to Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder seemed like he was elevating himself. And because he didn't do it Vince's way, Vince made sure he never got a chance to go to the next level, even after he got in shape. But don't forget, he is, he is one half of the Raw Tag Team Champions currently. I mean that that anyway, that's so gotta be safe. Zack Ryder needs to get to the next <laughs> level. So <laughs> Oh shit. You know, unfortunately for him, he's also been an a United States champion, intercontinental champion. So the raw tag titles are a big step backwards in this day and age. I would agree. I would like to see okay, so I think I think we're both right here, Bones. I think you're right in saying that wrestlers need to grow bigger sets of balls and take the bull by the horns more. Yeah. You know. That's I exactly think the new day. Did. I think the new day did that. You're right. The new day they did, and the problem is they waited six years to put them in the world title picture. Right. And but also, I don't know if you saw the reports, but prior to Money in the Bank, there was a meeting held by mm-hmm. I think Jess Stephanie or maybe the McMahons about. I know Steph. I saw Stephanie's name the most. I saw right. Stephanie attributed to the AEW quote. That's what I saw. Okay. She's the one, apparently, who made, like, hey, mentioned AEW. There's competition. They're selling out arenas, mm-hmm. and they're and they creating a better a damn thing yet. Yeah. And they haven't done a damn thing yet. If you, so, you want to see megastars be developed, start watching AEW on TNT this fall. I guarantee you they're going to do things the right way because they see the missed opportunity that Vince has in his products right now. There's a lot of like what Vince is doing reminding me right now. It reminds you of like how Bischoff ran WCW like ninety nine two thousand. Once Brett showed up and I'm like uh, like like I guess I'll say like right before when when the Benoit coming two thousand two thousand two thousand one. He didn't come after they after the buyout. He was, it was he was before, before the, buyout. the buyout. Yep, he was before the buyout. Yeah, the radicals came over before the buyout because right. it was Malenko, Benoit, Guerrero, Saturn. <laughs> Conan and Shane Douglas, who all wanted out. Right. He's not. He's. They're not putting the young talent in situations where they're getting like put over by older talent. Like you know, mm-hmm. once the time was right, Hulk Hogan put The Rock over. Yep. You know. Yeah. Once the time was right, Hulk Hogan put The Rock over. And to prove my point more, look at what happened at the end of Money in the Bank. Why didn't any of our younger talent win the briefcase? Why did we gonna, have to rely on bringing Brock Lesnar back to win the briefcase? And if you want to waste it on the veteran, why not Randy Orton, who actually he was already is getting, in the match, in the match, and is getting great reactions right now from the audience? Yeah, you know, and that's been real. And I'm gonna, let me talk about Randy Orton real quick because if you really think about, it, I know Randy Orton's had multiple title runs and he's been. A star, but he's never been the. He's always been behind Cena. He's always he was always the number two to Cena throughout his career, and you could even say for a time he was a number three to Batista, also Batista and Cena. Right. But like, has Orton ever really like? Is this a time to say, hey, you know, you know, like times when they just gave John Cena the title because they weren't really sure what to do and they weren't really sure what young guy like should have the title. That's what they should be doing with Randy Orton right now. He should get title reigns. Okay, we, Randy, we need you to be a like a kick-ass heel fighting champion or or tweener fighting champion right now while we figure out where we're going next. But they're not doing that. They give it to Brock Lesnar, who doesn't even wrestle the whole match. Like, well, dude, at I least think... work the whole fucking match, dude. That's a, that's that's a shitty storyline. Saving him for shock value at the end is a shitty, shitty storyline because that was an excellent fucking match. That they, they ran the you do you put something at the end like that, you run the risk of ruining a great match. And the men's ladder match was a really fucking good, entertaining match. That match was great. That a was great a fucking great match. match. You know, and let's talk about some other great matches, though, for Money in the Bank. Oh. We had Seth versus AJ and, and Kofi versus Kevin world. Owens. Those two were great two world. great let matches. Me, let me talk about Kofi and KO because they came after Seth. Seth, AJ, I think you, know, you told me it was the match of the year, and I've thought about it. It's definitely, it, it probably is the match of the year in WWE so mm-hmm. far. Yeah. It fucking Seth, it was, it was a clinic. Everybody was into it by the end. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes the technical matches get lost. Yeah, this one did. Theirs did not. It wasn't theirs like the AJ not. and Daniel Bryan match. It was right. It was right. done the right way to keep everyone at the edge of their seat. Oh, 
awesome. And, the, and, and the good crowd. Hartford was a good crowd, too. Mm-hmm. I thought they would. So anyway, they have their match. And then later on, here comes. Uh, and then they did the stupid Lars thing. And then they did Kofi and and um, and, and KO. KO. Right. And it was a little flat in the beginning. I think everybody, I think Lars took a lot of energy out of the arena because that segment was stupid. I think everybody had a huge high with Seth and AJ. Right. You know, so here comes Kofi didn't get a huge pop. Not, you know, he, he, people were cheering, but it was it wasn't like he's been getting. Match starts by the end of the match, they fucking won that crowd back, dude. Them two won that crowd back with them, and they won it back with a great, entertaining wrestling match. Yep, the star, it's there. Like these guys are there. Kevin Owens, Kofi Kingston, AJ, Seth, they're there, and like. The top of the mountain is there for the takings, but who's the guy? And I thought we were about to see it from Seth Rollins earlier this year, like, and and we didn't get it. Like he kind of teased like the, when Triple H did and him did that promo, and he's like, "I want the fucking real Seth Rollins." Whatever the fuck Triple H said, yeah. and I thought we were gonna get it, and we didn't. I don't know what he's why still Seth. PG. It's babyface Seth has been in this holding pattern ever since he became a babyface. It's been the same. Babyface Seth. There's been no development within his character too. Uh, I think I think he need, he needs more of an edge. He needs to be a bad motherfucker. Yeah. Like Stone Cold was. You want to about Stone Cold and The Rock? They were bad motherfuckers. Mick Foley was a bad motherfucker. Taker is a bad motherfucker. Angle's a bad motherfucker. Yeah. These dudes, they're some of these guys aren't quite bad motherfuckers. The only person they're just I, they don't. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, you go. I don't want no, to hear please, you go, go first, Doc. No, no, you first. Uh, all please. right. <laughs> Drew, Drew McIntyre is a bad motherfucker. Yeah. Like, he's got that. So now he needs to get what those other guys have, with Seth and AJ and those other guys. And, and, and I think he's going to. I think it's just, I mean, how much has that guy improved since we first met Drew McIntyre, what, eight, nine years ago? Yeah. What a, what a just, it's like every year he's gotten better and better. Okay? He's a bad motherfucker. Yeah. Brock, Brock's a bad motherfucker. You know, you may not like him. I, I you hate can't the take way that he's away booked, from him. Yeah, but you can't take away that he's a mean, bad motherfucker. You know, the reason the Undertaker still gets pops when he comes out is when he comes out in that fucking all black with the fucking mice go out. It's like a bad motherfucker. Still a bad, Goldberg, when Goldberg's bad, music old, hits, bad, bad motherfucker. Yep. Yo, yeah, that's. Entrance music, man. They need to be better. CFOs, dump them. They, they yeah. need better entrance music, man. Somebody's got Finn's music's great. Shinsuke's great. Some of them are good, and there's a lot of really shitty music. What the fuck is Johnny Gargano's theme? Um, Rebel. Is that fucking Paramore or something? I think so. It's what the Rebel, fuck is that song? Rebel there's nothing that's win, Rebel badass Army. about that yeah. song. Yeah. You know, where the fuck is Motorhead? Like Triple H's right. theme song is a motorhead. When fucking Lemmy is sitting your ass to the fucking rain, you're a bad motherfucker. Yep. Okay. Hey, get the fuck. Come on, dude. There's this common sense shit. Find stuff that's makes guys seem more badass, and that one. That's when you'll start seeing your megastars. Set's pretty close. Set's music isn't bad. The whole burn it down thing's great. Everybody loves it. That's awesome. But I just want to see Seth like. You know, Seth's freaking with Becky now. Well, I want to see mm-hmm. Becky rub off on Seth a little bit. That would, I think, them being together is going to really help push Seth too. I don't think because I, so, they, but I think like you, like you said, like she's it's going to rub off on him because he he has to see yeah. what she did, what she did, wow, what she did to get to where she is now. <laughs> yeah, like 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 I think we could both agree. Like like I said earlier, her and Charlotte are probably the top two stars in the company right now. I would say Kofi yeah. and Seth and Roman are a close Roman. second. Because so Roman let me is still talk up about there. Roman. Mm-hmm. Let me talk about Roman. Roman is more popular than he's ever been. You know, you know. I know the cancer thing really helped him like win some fans over. Like, and you know, that's it's hard to you can't boo a man as cancer, but he, he's right. still getting the cheers. He's once again he's just in some shitty feud with Elias, which is now turning into a feud with Shane McMahon, and that could get interesting, obviously, but. Roman, since he's been drafted to SmackDown, has been coming out like a bad motherfucker and fucking fighting like a bad motherfucker. Yeah. You know, I don't mind, though, that he's that he's relegated to the mid-card scene right now 
because I think it's it's good for him to start there again to make his way back. He doesn't need to be in the main event picture right now. It, Dude, again, if they're to trying be, to develop to stars, be. they need to get other stars the chance in the main event scene. He needs to have a chance in the main event scene where like it's proper. He got pushed too soon. Now, like the timing would be right. He needs to be the next face champion on SmackDown. The, no, I don't agree. The time would be right if he lost to McIntyre at WrestleMania and if he lost to Elias at Money in the Bank. Roman should did not need to win those two matches. He didn't need it. Elias needed it and Drew needed it. So I don't understand the reasoning why they had to have Roman go over. Elias needs a lot. Elias needs to do something different. They just keep doing the same fucking Yep. Thing with him. Well, they already uh, like, Shane already replaced him now with Drew McIntyre. Right. Yeah. Like I want to see him just like go out there with that fucking guitar and flip the fuck out and just bash the guitar and just challenge somebody to a fucking match. That would make you seem like more of a bad motherfucker. Like bad motherfucker like, is like a old school slap episode. nuts Jeff Jarrett. Like that yeah. version of Jeff Jarrett was I was my favorite yeah. Jeff Jarrett. Uh, Roman. Okay. What other fate? Like you, you still had elevating starts. Like wrestlers, like you, you don't really get your prime and your great years until you're what, early to mid thirties in wrestling. Sometimes I think we get introduced to these like twenty somethings and want them elevated right away, but we forget to go look at our history books and to see when do wrestlers really get elevated to the main events. Usually in their thirties, right. when they've had some experience, when the promotion can trust them, when they haven't. When they're not, you know, making sure they don't get in trouble, making sure they're not out partying too much. And I know the wrestlers, the younger wrestlers today are a lot more disciplined and a lot, you know, a lot less fuck ups than like the older guys are. And kudos to them because it's only going to make for a better product and it's only going to make for a better career for those guys. And they're going to be healthier when they're older. So good for them. That doesn't mean we need to change a model that's it's worked for a long time. Right. Do you know how long? Ric Flair was wrestling for it before he won the NWA title for the first time. Eight years. It took him eight years to win the NWA title. Hulk Hogan's Hulkamania run was his second run in the promotion. Mm-hmm. He failed the first time. Right. Like, you don't need to push all these young guys right away. Roman Reigns, here's a guy who's around our age, maybe a little younger. He's had some. He's had a couple title runs. They might have been a little too early. The match against Triple H was too soon. The match against Taker was too soon. Now it's not too soon. Now it's the timing is right for someone where Roman is in Roman's career. Now is when you. I don't like elevating guys immediately. Like there's no need for Ricochet to be in a world title picture. There's no need. Even Drew McIntyre, he can still hang out for a couple of years, as far as I'm concerned, before he needs to, you know, be the guy. He can, doesn't mean he's not going to have a world title reign here sprinkled in here and there, but he he's, he's not going to have the AJ Styles year year long run right away. Right. Like Roman is getting to the point where. You're going to see that soon. I think he's going to be your next face champion, and that reign's going to be a long time. You know, I, I think on the point that you're saying, I think that's why the Kofi title run is going over so well. Like Boom. they have booked, if they if they booked anyone perfectly, it's Kofi. Like yep. I absolutely love his title run. Um, I would. I've said it. I was skeptical at first. I wanted him to win, but I didn't know how I was going to view him as a champion. But now watching him defend this title week after week after week, he's a fighting champion. This is the kind of champion that we have needed. And, you know, he still does the New Day thing and they have fun. But when it's time to be a badass, he becomes a bad motherfucker. Right. Yeah, as simple as that. You can see the change in his tone, the change in his demeanor. And the minute business starts getting, you know, they have he has his fun with Xavier, but the minute it turns to business, you can see the change in his demeanor. And it's not like over crazy like Ronda's is, where it's like night and day. Like it's just a subtle enough change that you can see how serious he takes this. And like how much he appreciates where he is for reals, not just storyline for reals where he is. And just look at the matches he's been having. He's been having great matches as champion. Mm-hmm. His I said his match with Kevin Owens, like I, I thought, thought, I thought I was, it was oh, a great match. match. Started, 
when that I match was started, I was so worried. I was so worried. I'm like, fucking A. This crowd's depleted after Seth AJ. The this Lars thing was took any any air that was left, Lars probably sucked out of it. Because there was a stupid like it's a stupid segment of having a pay-per-view. And fucking they delivered and they won the crowd back. I was just like, fuck yeah, man. I was so happy to see that for Kofi. That proves that they made the right decision with him. They're they're booking the right guys to win. It's just TV right. that's been rough. They're having a problem making compelling television. This is why I take it back to the writers. Because when the pay-per-views happen, the paper the or network specials, whatever the fuck they're called now, they've been, like you said, they've been superb. This one wasn't excellent, but it was good still. The right past now, five have been the, the last really terrible pay-per-view was Survivor Series. Survivor Series. That was yeah. the last real thud. Let's be and that's we're talking about six months ago. That's a really good run for the network specials. The the recipe that they used to make this, in my eyes, such a great pay-per-view was they booked the right people to win uh, and the matches. Kofi and KO, Seth and AJ, both ladder matches, even Miz versus Shane in the cage match. I enjoyed the match. The only thing that really irks me is the fucking terrible officiating that we saw at Money in the Bank. Like, how many times can the referees fuck up in one night? Let's count. Let's first start with the fucking rope break in a cage match, which doesn't happen because there are no DQ. Okay. Okay, but that's not a DQ thing. I, I dude, Cole, Cole was. I, I'm. But wait, all right, so hold on, but Cole, hold on. But you don't get DQ. That's not a no DQ thing. That's just a, that's a thing in wrestling. Okay. But like either you way, don't get DQ'd for that. But you can't call a you can't call a rope break on a pin, but not call it on the submission that happened a few minutes prior. And they made a whole big to do about it. There's no rope breaks in cage matches. It's no disqualification. So they did not break the never, rope break when Shane got the ropes even, when Miz had him in the figure four. Then they shouldn't even have went there. That's such a gray area that they shouldn't even have went there. It doesn't matter, but they had to go there because the ref made a mistake. They tried to cover it up saying that the ref did it because, you know, Shane McMahon is his boss. But the ref called for the rope break when Miz was pinning Shane. But Shane won the match. He At, at the end, yeah, he won the match. But, but, but by your logic, if they would have, if he didn't call the rope break and counted three, then Miz would have won the match and that would have won against... Who Vince booked to win, or or Shane should have just kicked out if it was still booked for Shane to win. That's all. So then, I think the bad so officiating confused so, everybody. So, okay, then is this then is this Shane McMahon's fault for putting his foot on the rope? No, even if he he could have put on the rope for 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 drama, man, and have the ref go, no, there's no rope break, and then have Shane kind of get out of it or something. Oh, right, so know. there's no. Okay. This, this is there's a lot of people got really mad at that and I'm and I'm coming at everybody who got mad at that. Okay, Shane puts Come his foot me, on the rope for drop. So now so now the ref so now the ref stops his count. So does the ref stop his count or does he keep going? He stops no, his he count. Stops, the rope he stopped the count because well then the rope break still happened. Either way, the rope break is happening. Either way, whether so he stops his count for drama. So it's Shane that made the mistake. It's Shane making the mistake here. I feel like that's the wrestler. That's a wrestler error, man. Because if you, if 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 Miz would have won the match, then we can have this discussion. But because Shane won the match, like Shane, they didn't. I'm sure they didn't change the finish in the middle of the match and radio it in. Like, you know, obviously they're having Shane beat Miz in these kind of like not underhanded ways but like fluky ways to build Miz's character can we just say you know, which I, I really I, like I, the end of that cage match that was very I'll clever booking you, yeah I said I said the Miz Shane it, it, one of the few bright spots where everything's doing, going right has been the Miz Shane feud yep everybody's been coming out the a, a winner there yeah everyone has creative Shane Miz everyone's enjoying them they're having good gimmick matches it's good for Miz right now Right. Good spot for Miz on the card right now, so I do enjoy, I do enjoy what they've been doing. But yeah, I, the other fish chain thing, keep going. 
Yeah, so all right, so maybe in this case, maybe you're right. Maybe it was the wrestler's fault. Maybe it was Shane's fault. Just think about it. Yeah, think about it. And the referee just happened to be the one that had to make the call, so everyone puts the blame on him. But now let's look at the Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio match. Now, first of all, I need to say my piece. I said this last week on the solo episode of Fourth Wall WrestleCast, episode 26, the best episode out there. Um... (laughs) So, Rey Mysterio defeated Samoa Joe for the U.S. Championship. Now, Rey Mysterio can say he's a Grand Slam champion. But to me, that that win is tainted. Because if anyone was watching the same thing I was watching, Shane's, um, I'm sorry, Samoa Joe's shoulder was completely off the mat. Yeah, I mean, not now, like a little bit, and maybe the ref didn't see it, but it was completely off the mat. Now I've heard that Ray's working hurt right now. I, so I feel like I read that somewhere hurt, this week. They shouldn't be booking him then. Right, that's my thought exactly. If he's not a hundred percent, then get him out of the title picture. Yeah, get him out of the picture after WrestleMania. He gets defeated in two. eight seconds. Give him time to heal. So now it's two Ray and Joe matches. Would essentially same same idea. The match was under two minutes, and yeah. just a different one this time. I think both matches together might might make two minutes total. I think both matches together might be Maybe as long minutes. as the entrances of both of them. Oh, both, yeah. <laughs> so as a, that's just that's another reason why why Money in the Bank can't be viewed as an excellent card in my because of stuff like that. Just that feud in general, it's just been very underwhelming, yeah. to say the least. And I don't know what happened at the end with that pinfall or lack thereof pinfall, but. I just I can't wait to hear like the fallout from this, you know, however long it takes down the road. Because was that a botched pin? Was it supposed to be a botched pin? It's just every. It's just kind of it's unexplainable, and it's not good booking. They've had, like I said, like I just said, the same match two times in a row. Right now, if you want to talk another botch, let's talk about the Becky versus Lacey Evans match. Oh yeah, I forgot now, about that one. Lacey rolls up Becky in a blatant pin. Becky's shoulders are on the mat, and the ref stood there like a deer in headlights and didn't do anything. I didn't understand why he wouldn't just put his hand to the mat. I mean, it was a blatant pin. He, was, he wasn't he was in a spot where he couldn't tell. He his, he had perfect perfect uh, shot to see that Becky's shoulders were on the mat, but he just stood there. Luckily, Becky has the veteran ring awareness to know, okay, this is an awkward moment. We need to change things up. Gets Lacey in the disarmor, and then Lacey taps out. A little quickly, I think, but... She might, I, I mean, she's young. She she's, she's That's the biggest match she's ever had in her career. And she might have just kind of panicked a little bit, like, oh, my God, the ref's fucking up. Becky's with me to start. Let me just tap this and make sure the match ends the way it's supposed to. So that way I have my ass covered. And, and, uh, and the ref, once again, this is it's just everything's so disorganized with the company right now. And honestly, I think it starts from the top. It starts from the freaking top. You know, you just hear every week how fucking backstage at Raw is a goddamn dumpster fire. And Vince is micromanaging everything and driving creative nuts, driving Triple H nuts. We're at a point where I don't want to get too deep into Twitter because when it comes to Twitter and social media, I stand with Renee. (laughs) Simple as that. I stand with Renee. She's my hero right now. When she came out this week and said, I'm just like a stop as social media. I was like, that's my girl. So talking about you draw them lines, draw them hard barriers. Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> Triple H is even liking and unliking tweets that are negative towards Vince. Apparently, you know, it's just not a very good, healthy working environment back there right now because you have a boss who's panicking and micromanaging. He's, you can't tell me. Look how disorganized booking is and how disorganized the referee is. And what the fuck is this 24-7 thing and this wild card oh shit? Like, what the fuck? Are, are, is it that this is another hardcore title? Like, it's so fucking stupid and right. disorganized and not well thought out. It starts at the top, and you see it in the rain. Referees fucking up basic goddamn wrestling shit like pinfalls. Fucking pinfalls, Bones. Let me say my piece about the 24-7 title. I think the presentation of the title, 
the design of the title and the name of the title was just all wrong. All wrong, okay? Yeah. Now, what have we been, we, collectively, the, the fans, been complaining about for the longest time? There's too many wrestlers, and we, they all don't get a chance to be on TV. Well, guess what? Now we have an opportunity to get those wrestlers on TV more often. You know, uh, set aside the stupid-looking title, the stupid name. All right. We're going to yeah. get the wrestlers that we never get a chance to see on TV more. And you know what? A title is a title. They're still going to be you know able to be cool? have a belt over their shoulder or around their waist. And I have said it for a while. Because the roster is so stacked, we needed a lower mid-card title. And at this point, Four. 24-7 sucks. I hope they change it next week like they did with the Viking Raiders or Viking right. Experience. But... I think this could be fun. Also, let's think back real quick to the Hardcore Championship 24-7. Right. They were fun segments. Anything can happen. Unpredictability. What makes wrestling great? It's unpredictable. So that's the you, best part of this 24-7 title. You bring up a point I didn't think about, and it's this is an opportunity to get more wrestlers some valuable screen time. And that's... I, that, I, I was too blinded by the stupidness of the name of it and the presentation. They got rid of 24 star and they come up with a different name for it. You know, fine. You don't want it to be a hardcore title. Just be more creative. Did you know I can sit here and they never even said hardcore on raw when Foley introduced the title, the word hardcore never even fucking left his mouth. Like I didn't understand the reasoning behind that. You want to bring back the lineage of where this title came from because again you're gonna have yeah. those younger fans that didn't were not around during the attitude era who don't know what this is from they're just gonna oh, right. 24 7 time that's kind of it has no substance to it give us the backstory what's the legacy of this title why was mick foley the one to introduce it yeah like if you're gonna bring foley out and not even talk about yeah the hardcore end of it right really weird once again Really weird creative that doesn't make sense. With the shit that goes on in Vince's mind, I'll never understand. Interesting. Remember when we were talking about like wrestlers who need to be on TV and who need to find other means to promote themselves, such as social media? Why not contest this title through social media-based feuds? Yeah, social media is other platforms besides live television to what, develop. What's twenty-four-seven? Yeah. What is 24-7? Anytime, anywhere. Social media. Social media is 24-7. Mm-hmm. There's something going on on social media at all times, in all time zones. and This is a great opportunity, actually, to right. put that title in that platform for that level of wrestler. The only thing also I did not like about the presentation of this title is after we saw the title change hand... Uh, change hands twice at the beginning of Raw, and then of course the third time at the end of the night in its first night. But hey, at least Titus O'Neil can say he had a singles title now. Um, <laughs> I didn't like how they just laid the title down in the ring, and the first person to grab it won. I thought it should have a have a battle royal. Battle royal, yeah, yeah, something. I didn't like that. <clears throat> What's the night after Money in the Bank? Have a ladders battle royal. Right, exactly. Something. That'd be fun. That'd be awesome. Or a ladder match. Have but, a fucking ladder match for it. Fuck but it. also, when Bobby, when um, sorry, Robert Roode uh, pinned Titus for the title, and he was running backstage, and everyone's chasing him. They run past Bobby Lashley and Braun, and they just kind of look at everyone running by and have like this real like, "What the hell's going on?" Look. I think it would have helped enhance the title. If Bobby and Braun were like, yo, get out of my way. I'm going to go. I want, I want that title now, too. And they also ran after it. Same thing happened but, on SmackDown with Sami Zayn. He had this. We're like, what the hell's going on? It's a dude. It's a title. Go run after the title. But I disagree. I think those guys need to be in like to bigger feuds than the 24-7 title. The 24-7 title, if it's going to be a lower mid-card thing, then lower mid-card guys need to win it. Then we're just going to have second. the same fucking problems. Wait a second. When can you defend this title? 24-7, right? 24-7. So have Braun Strowman, Braun Strowman win it for a sh- one week for Raw, and then he loses it the next week on Raw. Or for Braun an Strowman hour. Braun Strowman should 
want it. He shouldn't want that title. Bobby Lashley shouldn't want that title. Sami Zayn shouldn't want that title. But it's a title. They should be, but but it's the fucking 24-7. Just like The Rock never okay. won the hardcore title because he didn't want it. He wants the WWE title. So He wants but, the universal title. But Braun wanted the green title he won when he won the Greatest Royal Rumble. He wanted that, right? <laughs> yeah, the one he never brought to the fucking one, ring. Yeah, with the them. one he, he held up at the end of the show, and that was the last we ever saw of it, that one. Yeah, so yeah, that's what Braun thinks of, like, useless titles. Listen, if we're going to do a title if you wanted for the to Lower hold on, You want to talk about useless? Kind of like how Cesaro, Big Show, Baron Corbin, Matt Hardy all won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal trophy. That useless trophy, they wanted to win that, right? But at least with the title, <laughs> that could be defended each and every week on Raw and on SmackDown and on NXT and 205 Live and NXT UK. That's a title I want. Because now Those, I can travel, I can go anywhere, and I can say that I am the champ. Fuck the name of the title. I have a title. I'm a WWE oh, champion. I disagree, dude. I dis. I think this needs to be for lower mid card guys exclusively if it's going to work. Those mid card. The reason some of those mid card those guys we're naming aren't mega stars is because they're fucking tying themselves in titles and feuds for the fucking twenty four seven title. Okay. And not for the fucking intercontinental U.S. or world titles. What if they bought back the the hardcore title, and they they'll called it, it the hardcore title. That's what, never, what if, you know, in a million years, they'll never do that. I'm not saying they will, but I'm saying what if the 24-7 title was actually introduced as the hardcore title, and it was done the, the same hard, way? Would that be different? Now to establish a tier for, like, tiers for success within the company, within the promotion. When you make it to NXT, you get some sort of evaluation, and... If creative decides you're not ready for TV yet, you go onto the social media platform and you go into the 24-7 world, 24-7 championship world, and you try to make your name there. You try to say, hey, I'm good enough to be relevant enough 24-7, defend this title 24-7, call my ass up to TV so I can start making some real fucking money now. And then at that point, when you get the TV, you shouldn't even want to think about the 20. You proved yourself there. Now it's time to prove yourself in the mid card. And if you don't make it, you get sent back and maybe you have to do it again. And then you get multiple title runs. Like it's just, it's just I don't know it just seems like simple business practices and then as you go up the ladder it just becomes more of a pyramid because not everybody's good enough to be the fucking best and right now the best would have to be Brock Lesnar yeah he's kind of like the reason he wins uh, this is why Brock Lesnar you know we've been talking in our uh, with it with all the wrestle with the wrestle addict radio crew we've been talking about. Why did Brock Lesnar, why did Brock Lesnar win? We want to know why Brock Lesnar won? Because Vince doesn't trust anybody else. Because there are and no megastars. Because there's no megastars. Call them back and, the legends or the, the right, big attractions. Some of it's creator's fault, and some of it is wrestlers not taking the bull by the horns. We've talked ad nauseum about that. But I think a lot of it. When war falls on creative and the micromanagement of Vince backstage and not letting these guys be themselves at all because he thinks he knows what's best for everybody because right. he's been doing it since 1971. You know, on, on that and Brock same won note. because yeah, no, no, go, no continue. Sorry. So Brock, and Brock won, won because and because of all that, guys haven't been able to develop like you know, like Austin did and like Rock did and like Triple H did. Mm -hmm. So we just got to keep relying on Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Someone has to step up. Someone, whether it's yes. Seth, AJ, Roman, Finn Balor, Drew, Finn, they have to step up. They're yeah. not. They're not right now. Um, yes. But yeah, Brock won because Vince doesn't trust anyone else that was in that match to to win the briefcase. Also, hey, you want to get Brock more heat? Have him go win the Money in the Bank. Perfect. Right. Great booking. Yeah. And you know what? In terms of the whole Brock Lesnar saga, how nobody wants him to be champ anymore, fucking good. Keep it's actually funny now that I think about it. I don't, I don't like Brock in the picture at all. I didn't like the fact that he won. I would have, I wanted someone else to win it. But now I look at mm. the whole scenario. You know, with hindsight uh, being twenty twenty, I look back at it, it's like, okay, this is actually 
p- pretty amusing when he comes out all raw with the like fucking briefcase, holding it like, like like he had a boombox. It's fucking hysterical. Like you can't not laugh at that and appreciate. You're not. That that's probably the most emotional you've seen out of Brock since he had the universe. Since even before he had the Universal Championship, Brock enjoys people hating him. So he freaking goes right. He doesn't like people. Like he's right. said it non K family. He's like, I'm not a people person. I'm a fighter. And I cut. He finds amusing. You're not supposed to like heels. Right. Baron Corbin, Brock Lesnar, uh, Lars Sullivan. You're not supposed to like the bad guys. You're supposed to boo them. So they're doing that right. But yeah, Brock, I feel Randy Orton got the shaft here. I, I'll say it. I said it earlier and I'll say it again. Randy yeah, Orton yes easily no. could have been. If you wanted to go the face route, then Randy Orton should have won. But they wanted to go the heel route. And the heels have to win sometimes or it it stops being interesting. You know, let's stick on the same topic again of lack of megastars. Let's look at the Saudi Arabia show real quick. Let's look at the two marquee matches that are headlining. Oh, because we have to because this is a bigger show than fucking WrestleMania. Yeah, what the fuck is that bullshit? I don't know. I'm hoping that the prince just fucking paid Vince to say that in the advertisement. I guarantee. I bet you, I could almost guarantee that the president paid fits to see that <laughs> president murderer. Right. Um, now I, I know there's a lot of the Saudi, the Saudi money being thrown at these events. And I know that's why a lot of these wrestlers, superstars are coming back to wrestle. But this event that is now supposedly bigger, bigger than WrestleMania is going to have a match that is too big for WrestleMania, and they're going to have for the first time ever Goldberg versus Undertaker. And the other co-main event, which I seem is how they're booking it, is Triple H versus Randy Orton. That'll be fun. I think that's going to be good for Orton. Orton has to win the match, though. I Orton think, has to win. I think they will. He's not going to. Triple H is going to win. Oh, it's absurd if Triple H doesn't H- do the H- job here to Orton. Oh, it's such a terrible booking no. decision. But Orton is like, he's legit. Like, you need guys who are, he's over right now. They fucking build on it. Come right. on, Trip. You don't need to beat Randy Orton right now, dude. But I, I also feel like in terms of trying to market your brand, specifically of WWE, Vince is promoting these older legends who don't actively wrestle anymore for this big show that's going to be bigger than WrestleMania. If you want to promote a show and say it's bigger than WrestleMania, book all of your current champions first in matches and then as an attraction for the first time ever, Goldberg vs. Taker. Why isn't Rollins on the card? Why isn't Becky on the card? Why isn't you gotta remember. on the card? Why isn't Ke- remember. Uh, Kofi on the card? Yeah, but it's in Saudi Arabia. The women can't be on the card. That's the first thing. Okay. Okay, you're right. You're right. Two shakes. So take yeah. the females out. The one, the women can't be on the card. Uh, two, you just shouldn't be calling it bigger than WrestleMania. If he's getting paid to do it, then whatever. Stupid. And stupid. I'll just, whatever. It's stupid. You're absolutely right. Two, you remember, not everybody want John Cena won't work there. Kevin Owens won't work there. Sami Zayn won't work there. Now, um, uh, was that, did I say Daniel Bryan? Daniel Bryan won't work there. Kofi Kingston's facing Dolph Ziggler there because Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan won't travel to Saudi Arabia. That's the only reason he's facing Dolph Ziggler at this match. Dolph Ziggler was the third choice. And he was like, hey, man, I know you're doing your comedy thing. You're kind of taking some time away. You, you want to come make a shitload of money real quick? And Dolph was probably like, fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, I guarantee that's how that went down. The, the problem I have with this card is that it's it's um it's causing havoc to WWE's actual schedule. Like Money in the Bank got moved, got moved to fucking Game of Thrones finale night. Which I, I, I will tell you all. Like I said, I watched Game of Thrones that Money in the Bank on Sunday night when I got home from my gig, and don't feel bad about it at all. You know, like you're wreaking havoc on your schedule. Mm-hmm. And now, now it's and now it's like getting away. This show didn't get away storylines at all. I wouldn't give a fuck what they do. I don't give a fuck how they advertise it. I don't give a fuck who's on the card. If it's not really going to get into storyline, it's just a showcase event for veterans and for for vets, not veterans, like vet wrestlers, veteran wrestlers, then sure, whatever. But it's it, you have so many issues when guys don't want to go there. 
and girls can't go there. And now it's this really big problem because the women are so hot right now with Becky and Charlotte, of course. And yo, Bailey, Bailey fucking delivered at Money in the Bank. She looked like a different wrestler at Money in the Bank. She came out there at a mission. Like, I don't know, whatever they said backstage got her ass pumped up because she came out on fire. The end of that women's ladder when she came when she climbed that ladder. And fucking uh, and met Mandy up there it was fucking awesome, awesome. And Sonya was awesome. I, I didn't give Sonya enough credit. Sonya carrying Mandy up the ladder was one of the coolest that things I've seen in a long badass. time. Yeah, yeah, she was badass too, man. So, like now, you can't even build on that with your next pay per view because women can't fight in Saudi Arabia. Right. Women can barely take a fucking piss in Saudi Arabia, let alone fight. I just think it's a damn shame that Vince doesn't even have any trust in his current product or his current employees or uh, what are they called? Uh, independent contractors or whatever. Right. Oh, fuck that. Whatever. Employees. Just, They're still working for Vince. I just think it's the a Saudi damn shame. Cards, the Saudi cards just handcuffed the promotion. They're yeah. handcuffing them. I know they're getting paid a shitload of money, and I'm sure a lot of that goes into the product uh, and it goes in towards other shit that makes the company function and be highly profitable. And let's face it, WWE could use some money right now. They're not getting viewing. They're not getting viewers, which means advertising is probably low. Right. And they're going to have to fix that problem because Fox ain't going to put with that shit. No. Fox, Fox putting on big, it is on big boy Fox. They're not putting up with that shit. There's no ratings. They're going to fucking cut them free after that contract's done. You blew it. You better figure it the fuck out. The Saudi Arabia shows aren't helping. They needed to figure this out a long time ago. What I don't understand is if Vince McMahon calls for all of these meetings all the time, why are they not being proactive and figuring out how to fix the problem instead of reacting to it last minute and changing things last minute when they have to know by now that shit does not work in their favor? We know when they're reacting to something. And right right now, I think their biggest reaction is AEW. Going back to what you said about Money in the Bank, they had to move. They could not compete against Double or Nothing. They couldn't. Why did Brock Lesnar win? To put WWE back in the headlines leading into Double or Nothing. Do you think Vince feels Triple H nipping in his heels because of all the success of the NXT guys and how a lot of them have come up to the main roster. A lot, I know a lot of them have fallen to the wayside, but a lot of them have been successful too. Right. Kevin Owens has been successful. Finn Balor has been successful. Seth Roman and Ambrose were successful. I know they were FCW, but it's pretty much the same thing. Same thing. They were right. successful. Yeah. So it's not like, yeah, there's been some duds, but there's been some really good like wrestlers too. Do you think he feels trip just like nipping his heels and he's just kind of panicking because he feels the company and the industry slipping away from him because he's you know 70 in his early 70s and he's you know he's, he's dated in the industry right he comes from the old school wrestling still and like old school wrestling and old school wrestlers aren't in anymore it's not the boys club in the back anymore it's not who can drink the most it's not who gets in the most barroom fights it's who fucking works the hardest and has is in the best shape and i don't think vince for someone who is a freaking workout buff this doesn't quite get it right no i, I definitely do think vince feels that his time is coming to end and I, I do think he's freaking out another reason why he's reacting so much to, to everything that's happening uh, around him and around the company i definitely think he sees that his time is up he knows, especially once he goes with the XFL starts later on this year. He's going to have all of his attention focused on that anyway. Right. So before so before he fucking has to go to that and before he gets too old to really be on like TV productive anymore, do the fucking angle. Yeah. Do the fucking Triple H versus the McMahon's angle and let's fucking do it. Let's do Triple H and Shane at Mania next year and let's get it the fuck over with. Right. No, I think we might end up seeing Shane versus Roman. And Mania? I think we might see Shane versus Roman at SummerSlam. (laughs) I I, I didn't think they were going to make that sooner. But anyway, um, well, listen, Doc, we just, I think we said our piece. We talked about a lot, 24-7, bad officiating. We covered a lot of money in the bank. But also just the, the, the overall topic here was... Who's the next megastar? And can WWE develop 
that megastar. They're showing that they have the potential to put development into characters like Becky Lynch, Lacey Evans, Kofi Kingston as WWE champion, uh, the the new Bray Wyatt with the whole Firefly fight now. So we're seeing that they have this in them, and I think that's um, that that just shows you how good some of the creative is right now backstage. Because we all know that they recently just revamped the whole creative team. But that's the biggest topic. Who is going to be next? Who's going to step up? And can WWE book it the right way to back that person to be the next megastar? But you just, you just named like three or four wrestlers from a pool of like 50 or 60 wrestlers. So creative isn't doing enough. They're doing like a very small amount of shit right. And it's still a lot of shit wrong. Oh, I'm not saying they're doing a lot right. I'm just saying that at least right. they, there's glimpses of, hey, look, they have it yeah. in. You're doing it here. You're, honestly, even, even with Lars Sullivan, regardless of the per- character development that he needs, how they're booking him in the overall picture is great. You know, how they're putting him over as this big monster. I think he needs to learn how to talk better and talk more. But even that, I, I I appreciate how they're trying to develop him for right now. It's a good start. Me too. Me you know? too. But with all that being said, that's all the time we have for today, folks. So, again, if this is your first time tuning in, thank you for listening to Episode 27. I am your host, J.C. Bones. Please give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at J.C. Bones. That's Bones with a Z. And I'm here filling prescriptions every week. I am Doc Haas, and you can find me on the Twitter machine at D-R-H-A-A-S-E, the number four W-C. And please be sure to follow our third man, Johnny Smarks, on Twitter at Johnny Smarks a lot. Again, stay tuned to our Twitter page, Fourth Wall Cast, number four, T H W A L C A S T. And stay tuned for updates regarding Wrestle Addict Radio, our website, our social media, and our new audio feed. And if you've enjoyed the Fourth Wall experience, please come join the fam by going to patreon.com slash fourth wall wrestlecast. And please be sure to recommend to all your friends to subscribe, like us, share us, join our Patreon, rate us, five stars, thumbs up, all that fun stuff, and help us then grow and grow and continue to be the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Once again, we are the fourth wall wrestlecast. Goodbye. And good night. You know, you say the hardcore, but shouldn't it be the 24-7 now? Ooh, that's a really good point. <laughs> the critics, the marks, the casual, and the 24-7. And the 24-7. <laughs> oh, my God. We just, we just went there. Fucking K-Fame, baby. Oh, you got to Oh, get better, Rick. Yes, Rick Flair. Please get better. Play the game, you're gonna be the slave You're gonna change your name, you're gonna die in flames Like, hold on two seconds. <laughs> All right, I'll get you later, man. All right, bro. Peace. Peace.